Vibes, BJ Armstrong moments. We are back for another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast presented by NBA 2K22. Speaking of NBA 2K22, if you don't already, go get your copy by hitting the link in the description and help support the show because season five of NBA 2K22, my team is out now featuring return of dynamic card ratings, a new domination tier, new coaches, and an anime-themed mural to complete. Plus, that's not all. We've got the first 99 overall Dark Matter reward for reaching level 40. So go get your copy of 2K. Go get on season five and start grinding your My Team now. Because that's what you got to do. But in the meantime, while you're still downloading NBA 2K22, you can listen to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast because we're going to bring you about 30 minutes of fantastic basketball conversation. I'm joined, as always, by the three-time NBA champion, Super agent, whatever you want to call him, you call him the OG. That's Mr. BJ oh. Armstrong. <laughs> Uncle B. I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? The OG, we all got our OGs, but this is Uncle B. <laughs> yeah, and man, let's, let's get after it today. Listen, you know man, what I, I mean? I, I this is Uncle B today. BJ, before we start, I got, I got a problem now. So, so you okay, know, you see, I'm in, I'm in the UK and I watch NBA. All night long, so it's like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Yeah. I usually have I'm a concern for you, Mo. I'm concerned for you. You <laughs> stay up all night. <laughs> I get texts from you, and I'm like, it's like three, four, or five in the morning there. So I mean, I'm a little concerned. So, so I'm, I'm concerned for myself because usually I'm up, and my favorite thing in the middle of the night is to have a bowl of cereal. Ain't nothing better than a bowl of cereal while you're watching the NBA. What's your, favorite? In the morning. What's your favorite bowl of cereal, What's man? You guys call it cinnamon crunch over there. Mm-hmm. Cinnamon crunch. That's my vibes. Oh, that's your um, vibes? Okay. okay. Yeah, th- th- there's a bunch. But anyway, here's my problem now. Now that we've got this 2024 All-Star game that we're training for, I can't eat any of my cereals anymore because they're filled with sugar. So I'm sat there last night eating some <laughs> fruit and vegetables in the middle of the night. And I was like, <laughs> God damn, why did I sign up for this? But anyway, <laughs> bro, I'm looking through my covers. I'm like, I can't eat these Oreos. I can't eat this cereal. I can't eat this. I can't eat that. Man, I had some chicken breasts, some vegetables. Can I say one thing, Mo? Can I say apples. one thing? Can I say one thing, Mo? Can I say go one on, thing? Go on. You know the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, listen. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. I but I am ready for another episode of today's show. Friday's almost here. Tomorrow we're going to be answering all of your questions. But in the meantime, they're going to be breaking down some of the teams in the Western Conference. <laughs> yesterday, if you haven't heard yesterday's episode, you need to go listen to that. We broke down the Eastern Conference playoff picture. Today, we're going over to the West. BJ, right now, as it stands, the Phoenix Suns are clearly in the lead. I am concerned, however, for the Golden State Warriors. We'll talk about this in a sec. They are without Draymond Green, and they have been on an absolutely horrendous run of form in their games without Draymond Green. So they're two and six in their last eight. They're 15th in offense, 16th in defense since February. They're only a game and a half against the Grizzlies, who are surging. You know, we talk about Jalman all the time on here. And then the Utah Jazz are in the fourth spot. I think they're going to lock in the fourth spot. So then you have Dallas in fifth, Denver in sixth, and then we get to the playing picture. 
But, you know, throughout the season, we've kind of assumed that it would be a lock. You know, at the start, we thought maybe the Warriors could do it. But as the season progressed, we assumed it was a lock for the Phoenix Suns to get back to the NBA Finals. But now they're without Chris Paul. And, you know, they've lost their last two games. Devin Booker is in the health and safety protocols with COVID now, so they might lose a few more. How difficult it is for a team. Let's just say, hypothetically, they do go through a really bad run of form. Then Chris Paul comes back just before the playoffs. How hard is it for a team to flip the switch and go back to winning? You're talking about the Phoenix Suns. You're referring mm-hmm. to the Phoenix Suns? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the Phoenix Suns are committed to a system of play. Now, the one thing the Phoenix Suns are doing right now is here's the following. They're still very good on the defensive end. They're still competing. I just think those games that they've been winning, that which are close games down the stretch, in the absence of Chris Paul, that you know that's why they're losing those games now. Now Chris Paul is not there. Mm. But I still feel, or as I've watched them, I think they're one in two in their, in their, their three games since Chris Paul has gone out with the injury that this team is still very good on the defensive side. They're still committed to a style of play, a system of play. And that's so important because they're not dependent on isolation basketball. They still have ball movement, player movement. They still utilize screen roll. They still try to play up-tempo. They're just minus a guy who is a master at it. So when they get to these close games, like in their last game when they lost, there's no Chris Paul there that makes those big time shots or those big time plays or the big time pass or whatever is needed because he seems like he's always in the right place at the right time. So I don't think it's going to be difficult for them is because as some teams it's because their system, they have a very sound system that's predicated on the principles of good basketball. They defend, they limit those shots with their good rebounding team and they share the ball. And I think that's a tribute to their coaching staff. Now, when you add good players who can play a winning brand of basketball, it increases your chances. And I think that's the only adjustments they will have to make. I think they will have to maintain. The one thing I think they have to be wary of in this stretch, when you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker, you go into every game thinking you have a chance to win. You don't want to let doubt seep into your locker room because Chris Paul's not there. You don't want to start playing games going, I don't think we can win that. But in saying that, that's when you fall back to your fundamentals of the game. So I think they'll be fine. I think they understand that. And I think once Chris Paul gets back in the locker room, Mo, there's that word again, confidence. He will give the rest of the guys the confidence to say, we can win these close games against anybody in the league. Well, it's, it's interesting because down the stretch, on Sunday, when we were in the studio doing the live game between the Phoenix Suns and the Utah Jazz, we saw a close game that actually went down down the wire, uh, mm-hmm. close down the stretch, and there was the possession where Phoenix were right back in it. Jay Crowder had hit a massive three, go back on defense. They're trying to bring the ball up. But Jay Crowder, I think it was a missed free throw or a made free throw, I can't remember. But, but Jay Crowder was confused for a sec. It seems to me that he was almost looking around for Chris Paul, and Chris <laughs> Paul wasn't there. That's what I was thinking. Chris oh, Paul on the exactly bench, and he thought, thinking. God damn, this yeah, guy's yeah. not even in the no, game. No, no, All right, no, now, now let me look for Booker. By that yeah. time, Booker's on half court, and the pass just goes into the crowd. It wasn't a great look. But really I'm sure these good. are just learning mistakes. 
But, you know, the Utah Jazz played a nice game. They had a great contribution from their bench. Jordan Clarkson looked elite. And I know every year we write them off and we say, oh, yeah, the Utah Jazz. But could this be the year where they can get it together? Well, I I don't. I don't think so, Mo. I, I haven't seen them play a brand of basketball that I think translates to the playoffs. Now, I'll say it again. I've been saying this now for two or three years. I think it's time to put Donovan Mitchell at the lead guard yeah, position. Yeah, we said this last week. Yeah, I, I, I've been saying this. The reason I'm saying this is because Donovan Mitchell against Chris Paul for seven games. Do I think Donovan Mitchell can do what Chris Paul can do? No, there aren't many people in the world that can do what Chris Paul can do. However, Donovan Mitchell is a problem for Chris Paul to have to guard in a seven-game series. Well, they'll put Mikael Bridges on him. Okay. They'll put Mikael Bridges. Okay, that means Donovan Mitchell is guarding another player that would be significantly bigger than him. See, these – I want matchup problems. This is the NBA. The NBA – is looking for matchup problems. However, what I don't want is Mikael Bridges to take away whatever he's taken away, and then Chris Paul is able to play and not have to defend, you know, uh, against a player like, not, not saying Mike Conley, but Mike Conley is not a player that you're looking that's going to score 20-25 in a series. Yeah, well, if he's on the court I, and Chris Paul's guarding him, he'll be playing the one. So talking about moving Donovan Mitchell to the one, you're talking about benching Mike Conley. I'm talking about bringing Mike Conley off the bench. Absolutely. Okay. Because when you have Mike Conley, to me, Mike Conley is at a place in his career where that's where he's at in his career, at the elite level. Why? Because Mike Conley is a pro's pro. Mike Conley knows how to dictate a tempo. And if I have a lead, Mike Conley can maintain that lead or improve it. So you'd bring Jordan Clarkson into the starting lineup? No, I would bring – no, Jordan Clarkson is going to stay where Jordan Clarkson is at. So, so what works. would be your starting five for the Jazz then? I, I think the starting five has to be another player that has the uh, capability to score in double figures. Well, it's got to be Jordan so Clarkson. You, <laughs> He's the only uh, one on their bench that's going to do that. Was it? Is it House or – I can't remember. Did, yeah, Daniel House ain't going to score. He ain't going to give you 20. Uh, again, I think – when you start constructing your roster so that we can say they're going to win in the champ, they're going to, they have a chance. They have to get big and you have to have players on the court who the other teams can't hide. You don't want to have players where you can hide defensive guys, especially when you go deep in the playoffs. So what I would be looking to do if I were the Utah jazz is the following move bogey, He's got to come from the four. He's yeah. not a four. Okay. Okay. Let's put him at the three. Yeah. And okay. Royce, Royce on at the four then. Okay. Now let's figure out what we're going to do. Is Royce good enough to play the two so that the other guy, other teams can't hide? If he's not good enough, then maybe he needs to go to the bench and I need to re- get a four. Why? Because I have to have some type of physical presence on the floor. Rudy Gobert is never going to be a physical presence on the four. Rudy mm. Gobert is a shot blocker. He can rim protect. But when the game gets physical in the playoffs, because it's going to get physical, you can't tell me that Bogey and, and Rudy Gobert are going to handle the physicality of the game. Yeah. I okay. Bogey is not athletic enough 
He can't play against the elite athletes that are on the wing. That's just a fact. But what he can do is he can shoot the ball. They keep everybody honest. So if he's playing against LeBron James, what you're saying is we know he can't play that game with LeBron. Not many people can. But LeBron James is going to have to be honest with him. Mm -hmm. And if we have a four that can provide the physicality of the game, and a wing player who can give them athleticism. This team is lacking athleticism with Royce O'Neal and Bodanovich at the 3-4. Yeah. Okay? They're lacking size and length with Donovan. Donovan Mitchell is what, 6'2", 6'3", at max? Yeah, he's small. Okay? So if you're going to advance, then let's give ourselves the best chance. If I put Donovan Mitchell there, I put some athleticism at well, the two, a bogey at the three and four. Now it gives you a presence that you could say, I can play against the other athletic teams in the league. So, so Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, uh, De- Devin Booker, Clay Thompson, so forth and so on. You understand what I'm saying here? Yeah, so, so as it currently stands, the Jazz are in the fourth, the Dallas Mavericks in the fifth. They did a great job against Dallas Mavericks in their game last week, especially down the stretch. They played switch defense, and they they went at Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert held his own. He didn't let Lucas score on him. But they could have scored a lot of buckets on LeBron the other night in L.A., and he played a fantastic game. He checked back in with the Mavericks down, and then he scored and assisted on 13 points on a 15-7 run to lead the Mavericks to the win down the stretch. Who do you like better in a playoff series? The Dallas Mavericks or the Utah Jazz? Seven games. I'm going to go with Luka. I'm going to go with Luka here. I'm, I, I think that the Dallas Mavericks, to me, what do they have to lose? Yeah. I, what, what do they have to lose? Like, you're going to go into the series. Utah's probably going to be favored. Luka, will, in my opinion, Luka will be the best player in the series. And I don't see anybody on Utah's team that can match up with Luka Doncic. That's my that's Royce O'Neal, Bogdanovich, uh, Jordan Clarkson, Donovan Mitchell. No, no, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. not happening. So, so I'm just okay. I'm just looking at it like where's the upset of the first round going to come? Because I'm assuming Phoenix will win. Whoever gets in through the play-in, Golden State will should hopefully beat whoever is in that seventh seed. But then the Denver Nuggets, you know, Nikola Jokic playing at an MVP level. And there are rumors that they might get Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back before hey, the playoffs. They get those guys back. I, 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 don't, I don't think that's going to mean anything. They get those guys back. Why not? Because when you come back from those types of injuries, especially an, an ACL injury, at a guard where when you are a guard, especially a lead guard, it's predicated on speed and quickness. Okay. I've never had an ACL, but I've had six or seven knee surgeries. Let me tell you what it feels like. You you don't feel like you're on balance. Yeah. Okay. You're not going to come back from an ACL and that Jamal Murray prior to the injury, you know, the one that was scoring 40 and 50 with Donovan, because that's the one we're all thinking about. Yeah, bubble, bubble, Mari. <laughs> okay. In what, 12 games, he's just going to return back to that? 
after sitting out for over what how long has he been out now a year year and a half he missed the whole season so okay yeah okay michael porter jr okay well he's missed if not the whole season he's missed he's missed the whole season yeah pretty much y'all think he's just gonna come back no that's not happening now if you tell me next year after summer and and going through the season and it, okay we can talk about next season but thinking that those guys are going to come back and suddenly contribute, no, that's not happening. That's not that. John Morant's speed, trust me, no one is going to respond to that. Okay, but, <laughs> okay. but then let me put this to you. Let's say, because there's only one game really separating, or half a game separating Dallas and Denver. How does that change your thought process if Dallas drops down to sixth and Denver finish fifth and Denver are playing the Utah Jazz? Because Nikola Jokic owns Rudy Gobert every time they play. I think, I think, I think, I think Denver. That's a good matchup. It's always about matchup. Yeah, it's not about seeding here. Like I don't like seeding. Well, the seeding is for the matchup. Yeah, the seedings are. You know, I think it's good for the fans to talk about it. When you're playing, you're just looking at a matchup. Yeah, you're looking at the right. The Denver Nuggets is a good matchup for. The Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz, I'm sure, don't want to play against the Denver Nuggets. Why? It's because now you're going to involve your shot blocker, your primary player, who is probably the best in the league playing on the opposite side of the ball. Rudy Gobert is phenomenal when he can be on the weak side of the floor. And come across and help. Yes. Now you're going to take your primary defensive player, and involve him in 99% of the plays do you, do you, on the strong side. Do you remember last year when they tried to not guard I read, Jokic? I, I, I hear <laughs> they tried to take Gobert off Jokic and put a small amount on Jokic, and it was okay, it was embarrassing. But then, that, it, then that leads bad, me to this question. Because we, we just got to play the hypothetical game. If that scenario was to happen, it would then be the Mavericks versus the Grizzlies. The Mavericks have won their last three games against Memphis. How would you like that matchup between the young Grizzlies and the Dallas Mavericks? I, I, I don't like I don't like playing against Luka Doncic. Well, I don't like playing against Luka. You know, and I'm going to tell you why, Mo, and I'm going to just say this. I'm going to whisper this one because, you know, mm-hmm. every now and then, Mo, you know, you got to, sh- you know, I was fortunate I played in that era. I, I, I saw these guys, right? I saw these elite players. And let me tell you something, Mo. When you have an elite player, there's no stopping that elite player. Mm-hmm. Luka Doncic is an elite offensive player. My son and I were watching the game last night. We almost went to the game. There aren't many players that I want to see. My son, who's 21, he says, Dad, Luca's lost at least 20 pounds since the beginning of the season. Oh, that putback dunk? Okay. On now, Dwight? Okay. Now, now Mo, I, I, I've been telling you, I said, this guy has sneaky dunks now in the highlights. Let me tell you a secret about playing against a great player. And I'm going to whisper this one, Mo, because, you know, I don't want many of these guys to know this. But I'm going to share mm, this. This here. one's exclusive for our listeners. You can't allow a great player the opportunity or chance to be great. He's going to win every time. (laughs) Okay, Mo? 
Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it one time. You got to rewind it because, Mo, once these great players learn that, they're always going to win. Luka Doncic is an elite, elite offensive and he's And he's a winner. He has a track record of winning. And what, Mo, you know what he said last night after the post-game interview? No, I didn't catch that. He what did said, he say? He said, defense wins championships. Amen. And I cut my television off and I went to bed because I said, <laughs> it's over. Is you hit the Kenny Smith beginning? It's over. He's he's beginning to figure out what this league is all about. Now he's gone through his first what two or three years or whatever playing offense and giving us highlights. And he had and in his, those seasons, he had great first round matchups with the LA Clippers. Edge of your okay. seat stuff. And it took now, Kawhi Mo, and Paul George to stop it. Just, this in is his what, first Mo, two seasons. Mo, this is, Luca is capable of going on a run in the playoffs because he's that elite on the offensive end. I just don't want him to upset the Phoenix Suns because I think the Phoenix Suns are the best team. But Luca, <laughs> okay, Luca can do it. Because he's that elite. Because, Mo, if you give him a chance to be great. See, if I gave Larry Bird a chance to make the shot, Mo. Oh, you don't want to do that. You can't let him catch it. You can't let him catch it. See, Mo, some people, you can't give them a chance. I got to whisper this, Mo, because I don't want want too many people to notice. Some of those players, you can't even give a chance. Mm. You can't. If there's. If there's two seconds on the clock, Jordan is going to make the shot. Mm-hmm. Magic is going to make the shot. Bird is going to you. Kobe is going to make it. You and can't it, give him a chance. It's crazy. Luca, Luca is so young. We're we already like, holding him in this category. No, 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 no. Mo, Mo, Mo. The, his this kid is getting in, in terrific shape, and he makes me nervous because I'm gonna tell you, Mo. I don't care if he's the fifth seed, sixth seeds. I don't care. And Mo, he knows it now. And I know what Jason Kidd is telling him. I can look at him. I, I look at him like, Mo, did you see what they did last night? Now, I'm not picking on anybody because we've all been there. And when you age, Mo. Oh, I, did, I didn't want to say this. You told him. Okay, <laughs> but, Mo, but, Mo, but Mo, let me tell you something. It was not a mistake what happened in the game last night. Jason Kidd, Coach Kidd, okay, I'm going to call, I got to call him. Coach Kid made sure that everybody in the building in crypto, what is it called? Crypto.com now? Is crypto, that what it's called? I don't like them getting free promo every time we talk about our arena. Okay. In, in the okay. Lakers arena. Okay, in the arena last night, <laughs> they made sure that everybody left the arena saying the same thing. Luka Doncic is the best player on the court. Yeah, by far. Okay. Luka may be the best player without question on the perimeter without question on the perimeter in the league on the offensive end. That's a hot take. Okay. Now I'm just telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you what I see with him. Now you can't tell me anybody in this league can guard him one-on-one. You can't tell me because he's, he's strong. He's got size. He's got handles. He can shoot, shoot. He can post. He's physical and mold. He's got an assassin's mentality. He went zero from five from three last night and still finished with 25 points. 
and he's got a short memory. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Mo, that's the I'm biggest skill. You, now I'm going to whisper that because I don't want this to happen and disrupt what you and I've been saying all year. But Mo, <laughs> you can't allow him. Okay. Now let's get back to the program, Mo, because I don't oh, want. Oh, 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 we're gonna we're gonna have to say this. Luka Doncic, not only is he one of the most unguardable players in the league, not only is he capable of carrying a team to winning a playoff series, but he's also on the cover of NBA 2K22. So if you don't already, go get your copy by hitting the link in the description. Because that's been another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. BJ, I know you want to keep this going, but they're going to have to come back tomorrow to hear more. Yes. Because we've run out of time. So make sure you subscribe, show some love on the timeline. Because tomorrow, we're answering all of your questions that you guys have been tweeting in. So make sure you clear half an hour in your schedule tomorrow morning. Maybe we might even run over. It might be an extended episode. Who knows? All I know is that you guys listening to this, you need to be back tomorrow. So make sure you're subscribed. BJ, thank you once again for joining us. We'll be back bright and early Appreciate tomorrow you. morning with more NBA basketball talk. And I've had a look at the questions. Some of them are pretty good. So I hope you're ready. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. Until next time though, my peoples, get buckets.